I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we dive into these teachings, I believe that the Holy Spirit longs to demonstrate and longs to manifest himself. And one of the scriptures that we're going to say every time we share this word as the Holy Spirit leads us in the next five to six weeks is Acts 10, 44. And the scripture says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them that heard the word. So we can expect the Holy Spirit to to fall on you, fall on, on me, fall on us as we minister this word. It is according to, the Bible says, our expectation and hope. We have to expect the Holy Spirit to manifest, and he will. Expectation creates an atmosphere for signs and wonders and miracles. So Holy Spirit, tonight, we just invite you to demonstrate yourself, to manifest yourself as you will. Pastor Anthony, my godson, he was in my class that I used to teach at Faith International Bible School, and my subject was the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And as we taught this word, administer this word, we saw many, many manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. Like I said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you share these truths, faith arises in the hearts of the people, and therefore it activates the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, I am teaching on this subject because... Back in November, December, one of those two months, the Lord gave me a dream, a vision in the night, and he showed me that I would be teaching on the Holy Spirit and his gifts. Now, most of you know that my vision and and the thing that God's called us to do is to teach the world how to pray. But I also have another side of what we do. I also have a very strong emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And I didn't think he was going to have me bring this emphasis to our lives, but that's exactly what he's doing. So I know that we're right on target, right where he wants us to be. That's why I love when God gives us dreams because the scripture says that I spoke to you once, I spoke to you twice, you didn't perceive it, so I gave you a dream or a vision in the night. So if God wants to get through, get through to us, I've seen it over and over and over. He'll give us a dream in the night where our intellect is shut off, shut down, and it's our spirit that's always alive unto God that catches the meaning of what God wants to do and what God wants to say. Okay? Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says, Now in the sixth month, an angel by the name of Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said unto her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this would be. I don't know about you, but if an angel appeared to me, I'd be troubled as well. 
And the scripture says, and the angel said unto her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, now here's the prophecy. Here's the word of the Lord. Here's the plan. Here's the word that God says to Mary. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus and he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. This is the prophecy. This is the word of the Lord. This is what God has in his heart and reveals a part of his heart, that which he desires to do. And this was concerning the plan of redemption to Mary. Okay. And, and he goes on to say, and he will reign over the house of Jacob and of his kingdom, there will be no end. And we know that we, he was talking about the Messiah, Jesus, the anointed one. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? How is this going to come to pass? How can this be seeing I don't know a man? And the angel said under her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, that Holy One is to be born, shall be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age. And now this is the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word, and the angel departed. Now we see that the word of the Lord was spoken, the prophecy was given, the strategy was given. This is exactly what's going to happen. And Mary asked a very important question. She said, how is this going to come to pass? How is this impossible thing going to come to pass? I've never known a man. I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? It looks completely impossible. And the angel Gabriel answered Mary and said something very profound. He said, the Holy Spirit. It is going not going to be by might. It is not going to be by power. It is going to be by my spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that which is within you will be born. It is the Holy Spirit. How is this going to happen? It is the Holy Spirit. And that's my message tonight. It is the person and the work and the power of the Holy Spirit that is going to cause the impossible in your life to come to pass, okay? The scripture says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. In other words, he is going to endow you. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. He's going to empower you. Number three, that Holy One is to be born. He is going to enable you. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. I don't know what I personally would do without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And you may say, well, Margie, how will I ever be in the ministry? How will God ever get me to where I need to be in ministry? I have a good word for you today. 
The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. He is going to overshadow you. How am I ever going to learn the Bible? There's so many things about the Bible and the scriptures I don't understand. The Holy Spirit is going to enlighten you, my friend. He is going to open the eyes of your understanding and give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is it? What is what is revelation? Revelation is when you read the scriptures and it's like the dead letter of the law. And when the Holy Spirit empowers you and enlightens you, he causes the scriptures to come alive. And so instead of it being head knowledge, it becomes heart knowledge. So the Holy Spirit will enlighten you. How am I ever going to get direction from the Lord? The Holy Spirit. Jesus said he will lead you. He will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. The Spirit himself will bear witness as to what you need to do. How and what am I going to do about uh this book that God has told me to write, the Holy Spirit, you know, the scriptures were, were written as men and women were moved on by the Holy Ghost. I have books that I have written, and I can tell you for a fact that it was the Holy Spirit who gave me the unction and the anointing and the creative flow to write those books. As a matter of fact, at one point, I decided to take up pottery, and I thought, well, I'm just going to do pottery, and it's going to be a nice little hobby. Well, the very first time I threw the clay on a potter's wheel, I heard the Holy Spirit say, before I ever formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. I was very shocked and very surprised that I couldn't just have a hobby and leave God out of it. The Holy Spirit had to get actively involved because he always has something to say. Okay, so God will give you by the Holy Spirit a creative flow. He'll cause you to be able to create and to write and to paint and all do all kinds of things. Um, how am I ever going to teach when I'm in public ministry? The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. Smith Wigglesworth was a man who was very uneducated, and he was not eloquent in speech. And he would get up, and he would he would start to speak, and people would say that he would fumble around for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit would come upon him and overpower and overshadow him, and it was like he was turned into another man. I could say for myself as well, when I get under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I I come out of my introvert introvert itself and I become more of an extrovert because the Holy Spirit rises up big within me. He gives illumination to my mind, understanding to my spirit. He begins to rise up and I'm able to flow in that river that's from the inside out so that I can meet the needs of the people. Listen, I thank God for the Holy Spirit and I'm burning with this message tonight and I hope to keep this at 30 minutes. How am I going to pass this medical or the CPA exam. The Holy Spirit is going to bring all things to your remembrance. Whatever you have studied, he will bring all things to your remembrance. If you have a test that you're taking or something that you're, you, you've been studying that you're going to take a test on, you need to trust that the Holy Spirit will, will bring all things to your remembrance. How is my loved one ever going to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? Listen, my friends, it is the Holy Spirit 
who is the agent of God in the earth. And Jesus said, when he is come, he will convict and convince the world of their need for Jesus. So it's the Holy Spirit's ministry whereby he begins to convict and convince the person who is not saved and doesn't know Jesus of the goodness of God. And as that conviction continues steadily on that person, that knowledge of the goodness of God will lead that person to repentance. Remember, just like this scripture with Mary, nothing will be impossible with God. There is no person that is too far gone. There is, there is, there is no loved one that is so far off the quote path that cannot be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Look at Saul. He was going on his own, on the road, on the wrong road, doing his own thing, persecuting the church. He was, he was the old Saul, was a horrible murderous man and when the when when jesus came into his heart into his life and that conviction came from the holy spirit he was changed and turned into another man so nothing is impossible don't give up on that loved one jesus said um in luke 18 one men ought to always pray and not faint and i hope you listen to the holy spirit we can minister prophetically and there's um, oftentimes ministering prophetically just through the teaching and through the preaching of the word and you know who that is for don't lose hope jesus said men ought to always pray and not faint keep praying just when things get at their worst that's when you you oftentimes see a breakthrough at the other end okay how am i ever going to feel better after the death of my loved one the holy spirit is going to comfort you he is going to bring comfort into that hurting place in your heart it is the person of the holy spirit and we said last week that the holy spirit is a person he is not an it he is not a mere influence he is not a, a, a manifestation he is a person with, with a personality, and it's the Holy Spirit that we, in this age and this time that we live in, we need more than ever to rely on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to get into this, but unfortunately, but I believe this is changing, people have neglected the Holy Spirit. They've boxed him out. Your traditions have caused the Word of God to be of none effect because you've blocked out the Holy Spirit. We said last week, too much Word and we dry up too much spirit and we blow up, but you get the combination of the word and the spirit together and we grow up. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to allow him to move in our midst corporately and even understand his working in our individual lives. He is right here. He's with us right now. Every single day, we can have a living, vital relationship with the Holy Spirit. I know for me personally, some of you heard me share this. Um, I used to wake up in the morning and, and I, would, I would always have this song going off on the inside. It was always a different song. And one day I realized actually when I was getting ready to teach in my Fitz class that I was like, what, you know, I thought, you know what, I'm just getting a song from the Holy, from, from God. And, 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 and it's, it's just coming to me because I may have listened to that at some point. And then one day the Holy Spirit said to me, he, he, he said, it's me. He said, I'm testifying of Jesus. I'm pointing you back to Jesus. I'm giving you today the, the kind of bread 
or sustenance that you need spiritually to get you through the day. So it's that Holy Spirit on the inside of us that always testifies of Jesus and points us back to Jesus and keeps our relationship with Jesus fresh. And I think the more we're conscious of his working and conscious of his presence, the more we're going to see his workings and the more he will continue to work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How am I going to overcome this addiction? The Holy Ghost, the, Ho the Holy Spirit, the power of the Most High can come upon a drug-addicted person and can bring freedom and, and I know we need 12 steps and I know we need all, all these programs and they're good but I've seen people who have been instantaneously set free from addiction because the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and set them completely free so we need to get to know the Holy Spirit we need to get to know his person, his ministry, how he expresses himself and his gifts. And like we said, this will cause and this will generate an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to work. Okay. Um, what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? He said, listen, he told the disciples in John 16, 6 and 7. He said, I'm going away. And, and, and those of you that know your Bible know how the disciples reacted. The, whole, the, the disciples were upset. The scripture says that sorrow had filled their heart. Why did sorrow fill their heart? Because they thought they were losing Jesus. Jesus was right there with them all the time. They depended on Jesus. Jesus taught them. Jesus ministered. They watched him do work miracles. They watched his life of prayer. And now Jesus is saying, listen, I got to go. And, 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 and the scripture says, sorrow had filled their heart. But Jesus said, listen, I tell you, it is for your good that I go away. Because unless I, if I don't go away, I will not be able to send the comforter or the advocate to you. John 14, 16 through 18. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. That word comforter is parakletos, and it means far more than just comforter. I'm going to go ahead and read you the definition. That word par comforter is parakletos. It is the Greek word comforter. In these verses, it means far more than comforter. It means a comforter plus more. The word is a compound word composed of the word para, which means alongside and kletos, which means one called. So Jesus said, listen, when I go, I'm going to send you the parakletos. And that simply means I am sending one called alongside to help you so that you're not alone, so that you will, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You will have everything you need because I am sending you the parakletos. So let's continue that scripture in the Amplified. So I'm sending you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, helper, and standby. Jesus said that he may remain with you forever. Aren't you glad for that? The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you will know him because he will dwell with you and he shall be in you. Now remember we said last week that under the old covenant, the Holy Spirit would come upon the prophets, the priests, 
and the kings, but under the New Testament, and this is what the disciples didn't understand. Under the New Testament, the Holy Spirit would not only come upon us, Acts 1-8, for service, but the Holy Spirit would be living on the inside of us. So the scripture says, know ye not that you are the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. So when you walk into a room, you're not just the only person walking into a room. The Holy Spirit is walking, the person of the Holy Spirit is walking into the room with you. And I like what I heard Bill Johnson saying, this keeps coming up in my spirit. Whatever you're conscious of will grow. So when you're conscious of the Holy Spirit abiding in you and upon you, that presence will grow in your life. Okay? So Jesus said, up till now, basically what he was saying is, I've been all of these things. I've been your teacher, your advocate, your strengthener, your helper, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I am going to send the comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he is going to be with you. And in a sense, he's not going to take my place, but he is going to empower you and be everything that you need to fulfill your destiny, your purpose, help you in your prayer life, whatever you need, we have the Holy Spirit. That's what I love about this teaching. The Holy Spirit is, I believe, is on the rise. What I also love is that um, I notice that other ministers who are, who are flowing in this thread of hearing from God, they're also talking about the Holy Spirit. So that leads me to believe that God is up to something. Anytime God begins to have a message go forth into the church, into the body, it's, it's, it's a message that goes forth to equip the saints so that the saints can do the work of the ministry. And he's throwing those seeds out because remember, he always confirms his word with signs following. So there is rising in the church, and I say this prophetically, a fresh awareness of the Holy Spirit where, where many have boxed him out and are afraid to let him move, the Holy Spirit has a place where he is going to feel comfortable enough where he is going to begin to manifest himself. And I truly believe with all of my heart and all of my soul that God has some surprises for us. It's just like in the ministry of Catherine Coleman, and as we move into this, this subject, the ministry of Catherine Coleman, she was an ordinary girl. And she just obeyed the call of God on her life. And, and she went into these little churches and she had a fire within her that could not be quenched. And, and, and one day she was preaching and without her knowledge, the Holy Spirit moved in the midst of where she was preaching and someone who was in attendance was healed of some kind of growth, some kind of tumor in her body. And the person came up to Catherine and said, I was healed in your service, and Catherine had no knowledge of what had happened. But listen, my friends, I feel the Lord on this one. That was the beginning of miracles in her ministry. All it takes is one step of faith. All it takes is a seed. And as we yield to him and get to know the Holy Spirit and understand his, his various workings, it, I believe it's going to increase like a... 
like a, like a, I see it like a mushroom just growing or like the atomic bomb where it just grows and grows and grows. But we have to yield more fully unto him and not be afraid of his ministry. So many people are afraid of their of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Just because we've had some wildfire doesn't mean that 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 we should quench the fire of the Holy Spirit. I believe that we're living in a time and a season where we are more seasoned and we are more mature and therefore we can have these various workings of the Holy Spirit in our midst. But listen, think about it. That was the beginning of miracles in Catherine Coleman's ministry and her ministry launched that whole charismatic movement. And I remember Kenneth Hagin saying, uh, concerning that time and concerning that season, he said there was such a move of God by the Holy Spirit, he said it was like you could just pull a miracle right out of the sky. It was so simple. You know, when the Holy Spirit is in something, it's simple. It's like we said last week that, that Francis Chan said, you know, when, when we try to operate in our own strength, we get human-sized results. But when we operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, we get God results, okay? I want to talk a little bit. I don't want to talk too much longer about the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Now, the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, they knew him. They depended on him. Listen, they respected him. They had a personal relationship with him. We're not going to fully get into this, but I knew that the, Holy, the Lord wanted me to, to end here. The Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, they had a great awareness of his person, his presence, and his power. Listen, that's why I believe the book of Acts should, you know, should not be called the Acts of the Apostles. This was not the Acts of the Apostles. What we saw was the Acts of the person of the Holy Spirit and these disciples just yielding to him. Jesus dominated the Gospels, correct? But we see in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit very much dominated the, um, the book of Acts right from the beginning, right at the birth of the church age. Now, I want to go over to Acts chapter 1, and we're going to read a few verses, and then we're going to close. The book of Acts begins by drawing attention to the fact that the work of Jesus was continued, hear me now, by the Spirit, first through the, the apostles. But the apostles are not really dominant in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit is, okay? Now, where are we today in the church? You know, it's like Bono said. He said religion is, is when the Holy Spirit has left the building. So I believe there's a lot of religious acts, religious works, religious traditions, and the Holy Spirit has left the church, left the building, and that's why we have a powerless gospel. And I know, I'm telling you, and don't get upset, that's why people are bored with church, because there's no Holy Ghost. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. It's fun. It's vibrant. It's the Holy Spirit is moving. People get excited about the things of God. That's why we need to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he desires to do. Okay. Let's just read from Acts chapter one. We're good on time. Uh, the former account I made, oh, Theophilus, of all that Jesus, now notice it says here, began both to do and teach. He began the work. He began until the day in which he was taken up and through the Holy Spirit gave commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, 
being seen by them for 40 days. Can you imagine he was with them for 40 days? Kenneth E. Hagin had several visions of Jesus, but the living Christ, the resurrected Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ was with them 40 days and he taught them and prepared them for the work of the ministry. And speaking of the things concerning the kingdom and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to but depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. This is how important the Holy Spirit was, that these were Jesus's last words. He said, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. I've taught you about it. We've talked about it. We've talked about it and talked about it. You've heard about it. Again, they didn't understand everything, but they understood after the fact, after the Holy Spirit was poured out. He said, John truly baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then verse 8, we're going to jump into verse 8. And so Jesus says, the disciples asked them a stupid question. And then verse 8, he brought them back on track. And he said, but you are going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you're going to be witnesses for, for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And then you're going to reach the uttermost parts of the world. You're going to do it because you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're endued with power from on high. You have the enabling and you have the anointing. And that's how you're going to fulfill building the kingdom here on this earth. And that is the heart of God. And that's what he desires to do. Now, this program to extend the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth is Christ's program correct? The power to do it is the power of the Spirit, and it is not different from the power of Christ. Yet, there is running through the book of Acts a new awareness of the Holy Spirit. It came not only from their initial Pentecostal experience, but from a daily consciousness, a daily consciousness of the presence of guidance and fellowship of the spirit and from many special manifestations of his power this baptism in the spirit listen never became a mere memory of something that happened in the distant past it was an ever-present reality i believe that we're coming back into that ever-present reality of the holy spirit and he has prophesied this he is once again going to dominate the church world, the church as a whole, universal, our churches, those who will say yes to him, and even in our individual lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. I thank you that I ask that you would cause us to have an increase of wisdom and revelation and knowledge concerning his person, his work, and his ministry. Father, may we not box him out. Father, I also ask that as people, not just myself, but people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, I ask, Father, that as they minister and as they teach, that the gifts of the Spirit would begin to rise up and manifest and have free course in and amongst our teachings so that the kingdom of god would not just be in word only but in power and in demonstration so that people who don't know jesus would have their mail read and therefore come to jesus and know that he truly is the one true savior of the world we thank you lord 
We praise you and we thank you. Father, I thank you for every person who's listening under the sound of my voice. I pray, Father, that the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit would come upon them. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need your presence. We need your person and your work in our individual lives. Father, we ask that you would manifest yourself. We ask that you would do what you desire to do, and that is that new thing. We partner with you, and we say yes. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes to what you desire to do. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.